What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Hill Valley AV Club, where a bunch of nerds get together, talk about movies and TV and why it's awesome and super great. Thank you so much for giving us a listen and taking the time to come back. I'm your host, Captain McFly, and joining me today, two first-timers. Uh, we're joined by uh, a fellow Captain America aficionado, Dorcius, as well hey, as the gaming author. Hello. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you so much for taking the time to come hang out and uh, discuss uh, a pretty amazing movie that I'm excited to nerd out about. Uh, for oh, a very yes. long time. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> awesome. If it's your first time here, guys, or if it's your first time listening, um, what this show is and how it works, we traditionally give you a movie to go watch on your own. So that movie is typically either on Netflix or Prime Video uh, or streaming services and things like that. You go watch it. We come together as a group here in chat, uh, live on Twitch, and uh, we just break down and talk about the movie. You know, kind of like a book club, but with movies. Uh, and typically, we, you know, reserve it to only streamable movies. Occasionally, a movie is so exciting or so much fun, and I can't contain myself. And we do a bonus episode, which is what we're doing with Black Panther, which is the reason why it's a bonus. You got to go to the theater to see it. You got to pay to you got to pay the ticket and all that good stuff. So, hence why it's a bonus episode and not a traditional, you know, AV Club installment. Uh, but today, we'll obviously be discussing. Black Panther. But before we get to that, though, uh, I do want to kind of, you know, give everyone a chance to get to, to know Dorcius and the gaming author a little bit. So I actually didn't even give you guys this in the rundown, but favorite movies, <laughs> movie or movies. What are your favorite films? If you, oh, and you can, you could do top three or four if you'd like. I'm going to let Dorcius take the lead. On um, <laughs> am I allowed to just cheat and say every Star Wars? Am I allowed to? Am I allowed to say that? Just, if you do that, then you need to give me your order of Star Wars and I'll ooh. allow it. Okay. Uh, I recently revised my order. Um, okay. I think my top is actually The Last Jedi. Really? Mm. Yes. My top is The really? Last Jedi. Really? Yes. I'll let you finish. You have my attention. <laughs> you have my attention as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Last Jedi. Uh, okay. I uh, love Empire. And then okay. uh, episode three for me makes my top three. Really? I you have, you have a prequel in your top three? I do. I do. Oh my gosh. I do. Are you it's under 25? Three, so I can forgive it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm trying so hard not to judge. It's oh. okay. It's okay. Okay. It, it, it Empire, Empire is still up there for you, so it's like, okay. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> that, that, that makes it okay, I guess. But that's that's interesting. Uh, Last Jedi is your is your top Marvel film. Yes. Or not top Marvel film, sorry, top well, Star Wars top film. film. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. top one. Interesting. Interesting. Why is that? Like, I, I mean, if you had to give me like the elevator pitch, like what makes yeah, it the superior I, I Star Wars? Why? Film? Uh, for me, because it it broke away from what I think I was expecting from a Star Wars film. Okay, uh, I can respect like the, that. The the number one thing for me is after a while, I can enjoy things over and over and over. Obviously, I'm a Star Wars fan. Sure. But, but <laughs> at some point, I need something to be more than just a slight tweak. I mm. want big things to be different. Okay. Uh, and, and Last Jedi did that for me. Okay. I can respect that. I mean, to me, that's one of those things that really kind of shook me up with, um, with The Last Jedi was it was such a deviation from the formula. Right. You know, with... Mm -hmm. um, <sighs> 
you know, with Force Awakens, it was very formulaic, but I think that was also kind of right. to restore the faith a little bit. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. That's why I was so forgiving with The Force Awakens, because, like, after... Not to go on my usual prequel rant, but after <laughs> after the prequels, and particularly after reading the novelization of Revenge of the Sith and then seeing the movie, mm. I really needed The Force Awakens to, I needed the people making it to prove that they actually understood Star Wars and what <laughs> made it so great in the first place. Right. And The Force Awakens yep. did that in spades. So I have basically no complaints with that film. Gotcha. It's, it's if I had to put my top three Star Wars films together, mm -hmm. it's pro I I can't believe I'm actually going to put put it in this order. But my top three are probably Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and Return of the Jedi. Interesting. Okay. Ooh, okay. For okay. me, like as far as Star Wars, um, Empire always okay. going to be my favorite. Uh, Force Awakens right behind it, and then I mean, I guess for the third one. <laughs> either last jedi or uh return of the jedi i'd say it's about a, it's a it's a bit of a tie for me and i think it's one of those things like i just <sighs> i love i love ryan johnson as mm -hmm. a director i love looper brick is also a fantastic film yep he's he's a great visionary and i think he does a lot well as a director but this is it, it felt like it, I think the flow is really kind of what messed with me. It was a lot of real okay. big, you know, Star Wars moments. And then you wouldn't, you know, keep riding that momentum. It would be a lot of, you know, the real big thing and then real small things with Finn and Rose. And then, you know, a lot of like big, yeah. small, big, small, big, small. And yep. if that, that roller coaster of um, spectacle really kind of, right. I guess, messed with me a little bit mm -hmm. because... I mean, kind of, you know, going with what you were saying, Dorsey, is too, it, it was so anti-Star Wars in its structure right. that I guess for me, for someone that grew up watching the first three on VHS in his bedroom all the time on constant you know, right. rotation every night, I would fall asleep right. watching Star Wars. And so when it wasn't that or it wasn't what I grew up with, it just sat kind of funny. I don't know. Right. It, it was just no, no that's completely understandable. Yeah, but there's I some totally... great there's great moments in it, too, though. So mm -hmm. it's like, it's like a love hate thing. It's a bittersweet yeah. film for me. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely have more of a, of a love hate relationship <laughs> with the Last Jedi than any other Star Wars movie, largely because like the Star Warsy bits of it, I absolutely loved. Like everything <laughs> mm -hmm. with Poe and Leia, everything with Luke, Ray, and Kylo Ren, mm -hmm. loved it. Mm -hmm. The bits with Finn and Rose. I agree. I agree. I I thought I, I don't remember the lady that uh, that played Rose. I think she did a pretty good job, but I kind of almost wanted that time with her to be cut out entirely, and then divvy mm -hmm. that time up with Finn doing his mission and give me more time with Luke and Ray, or Poe yeah. and um and everything that's happening on the ship. You know, like more of that conflict, you know, instead of gotcha. trying to spin, you know, 4.5 plot lines, like maybe let's try to do three, but really execute those three. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you're thinking of uh, Kelly Mary Tran. Yes. Thank you. And she was great. She did a great job. Mm -hmm. I liked her a lot. It was just one of those things where I felt like their story compared to the other plot lines that were happening concurrently just right. felt a little bit weak compared to the yeah, other ones. I had... Right. Well, especially especially compared to the 
Luke and Ray storyline. Mm-hmm. Like and any anytime yeah. it cut away from Luke and Ray to go to Rose and Finn, I just it. Mm. It's like, yeah, those no, are, those I want to like, go back. I want to yeah, see green yeah, milk. I, like, that's not the segue you make. If it was, yeah. if yeah. it had been like to Poe, you could, you could like, yeah, you could deal, deal with, with that. But when you're like, oh, mysticism and the force and the balance and wait, hold on, space horses in Vegas, right. <laughs> and thing, Kentucky the Derby. Thing, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> What's happening? About that the most, and this actually kind of touches on um, why I enjoyed Black Panther so much mm. is. In The Force Awakens, I was so excited for Finn as a character, and I loved that the arc he went on. Mm-hmm. Right. John and Boyega has been him... doing such a great job as Finn. Yeah. And it's then, weird like, for me to see him with an American that... accent, though. It throws me a little bit. The first time I saw him was on, it was in Attack the Block. And so mm-hmm. hearing him with mm-hmm. an American accent, it's like, who is this? Yeah. It's like it's that weird like expectation. It's like, I know what he sounds like. But in Pacific Rim, I guess he's gonna, I guess, speak he's like gonna he have would, the accent. Yeah, yeah, he'll just he'll be himself, I guess, with his voice. But yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Like after everything, all the interesting stuff they gave him to do and go through as a character in The Force Awakens, to go from that to right. what felt like almost repeating the same arc yeah. in a worse form in yes. The Last Jedi, I was really, really mad about that. Yeah. yeah. I was almost really, really happy with it when he was doing, when he was trying to make the sacrifice play at the end. Right. But then Rose comes like, in. like, Rose, and you ruined that, it! And it's just... Yeah. Well, this just means you get one more movie to redeem it. I guess. Yeah. And, <laughs> I hope <laughs> so. <laughs> I swear to God, oh my if, gosh. If, they, if they split up Finn and Ray again in episode yep. nine, I am actually going to table flip in the theater. Yeah, for me, it's like when she's like, oh, I did it for love. It's like, but that's what he was doing. Yep. He was doing it because he did it for the love of the people that were stuck in the bunker. Yeah. He was making but, the play that you denied him of well, doing. Yeah. And, and, and that, was, that was his grow up point, too. That was yeah. like, hey, mm-hmm. let's see Finn finally do it and that was it yeah right? yeah he exactly first yeah running away that from the first it. order and then now at the end of the last Jedi, he is literally charging at them head first and the yeah. only one that's doing it everybody else has pulled away pose like dude let's back off this isn't working you know let's just try to hole up he's like right. nope i'm going for it you know he's going totally he, yeah he had the, his growing mm-hmm. moment yeah and it's like oh man made, oh, made me so mad are gonna be here soon very excited did you guys hear about that I did. Mm-hmm. I've actually been watching a lot of Star Wars YouTubers cover the deleted scenes and plot revelations that have been coming out of the novelization of the yep. movie. Really? Yep. Yeah, and there's Good some. There. Is a lot of it still there's staying some... canon, or is this are these yeah. new novelizations? Because I know, like, when Disney acquired the IP, they basically said a lot of you know the comic book and different novels and stuff were no longer considered canon anymore. Yeah, the right. everything coming out now is official canon mm. everything that's been released <laughs> since that announcement is official canon it's been sanctioned and, by a mouse in short pants yep. yep got it and it's what's really funny about this stuff coming out coming out of the novel is that it can it in a way confirms so many of my suspicions particularly about snoke mm. i felt and cheated it makes me it makes me even angrier about how they handled snoke in the movie <laughs> Yeah, me too. I felt like mildly cheated about by <laughs> lack of just context of why should I fear Snoke? Why is he right. so, you know, bad A and why is he just a re- like is is he worse than the Emperor? I don't right. know. We're treating him like he is. Mm-hmm. And, and then just and he's gone. 
I was totally on board for the slow burn, mysterious introductory setup of The Force Awakens because I could sense just how much storytelling potential mm -hmm, there is there mm -hmm. for a character who clearly predates Palpatine. Totally. And is yep. severely implied to be much more powerful than him. Yeah. So there was all this great potential built up in The Force Awakens, and it's almost capitalized on in the last jedi when like his force lightning is so powerful that he can shoot it at the floor and still blast kylo ren like 20 feet back right it's, it's almost like this like, is the guy that basically you know trained palpatine yeah and right. it's basically this, like this the puppet the in the back make... just manipulating everything the whole time like, this is the guy you should actually be scared of yeah <laughs> that, that, that's, makes... that's how i thought we were going yeah like, clearly not you, you very much get the sense that this is a guy who would scare palpatine yeah. And right. then that scene happens and Yep. <laughs> you get half of it. <laughs> I had to. I had to, guys. Nice. Oh, that's so good. Oh man. That's good. I'm gonna I am gonna steal that. I'm gonna steal that. That's so good. That's so good. Um, what else have you guys been watching? Um, I guess for the past little bit, you know, checking out any uh any TV shows or anything? I've been kind of slacking a little bit personally. I actually had such a tonal uh, difference in what I've been watching lately. I yeah. was super excited for Jessica Jones season two. Mm -hmm. I'm about okay. six haven't started into it yet. That. Yeah, I I just finished that yesterday. Yeah, thus far it's been at least as good as the first season, albeit in different ways. Okay, I would agree. And then the complete sort of emotional and tonal flip of that is a friend of mine, out of all the random shows to get me watching on Netflix, got me watching Queer Eye. What? And really? the Queer Eye, yeah, the Queer is Eye. It new? Is revival. that new content? Oh, that's for it? right. Or is it's it a repeat of, of old stuff? No, it's a revival. It's a it's a whole new eight episode thing. Huh. And it's really, really, really good. Like I did not think it would be at all my kind of show. And it's yeah. It is, it's one of those things where it's just, it's so pure and full of real human joy and spirit that yeah. it's, it's just, it's an amazing show. I highly recommend that everybody watching this watches Queer Eye at some point because okay. it's, to the it's a fantastic now. show. For me, like, I've, I've never seen anything about it. And so, like, someone that's never really paid attention to it very much, looking in, is it just a makeover show? I mean... It's, I mean, this is this is for someone that's kind of ignorant to to what it is and doesn't really know what to make of it, other than the name and commercials. I remember when it first aired, however far back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, I mean, it 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 is a makeover show, but it's yeah. not just like a surface level like vanity project. It's really about these guys coming in and trying to help um, these, you know, the the subjects. Mm -hmm live not just look their best but actually live their best lives and so oh, okay. get out of their own way a little so it's like bit. a motivational the, show then too. like a yeah, whole, and one whole of the, lifestyle change there got it yeah okay. and one of the constant refrains of the show is that you know it's not about you know coming in and like making them to phrase it perhaps less elegantly than they do in the show it's not about taking these you know guys and making them you know dress flamboyantly it's about taking what's already there and just like elevating it to the next level like okay. making it making them live like the best versions of themselves already. oh that's cool okay cool. i might yeah, have I'll to i might have to check that out now. then yeah, being yeah, a dad sure. it's definitely made it difficult to, to catch tv shows it's like all right what can we watch at what time when he's asleep 
Mm-hmm. That's pretty much the life. That that is that is my home now. <laughs> Dorcius, what else have you been checking out, man? Um, you said anything's on the table. Does that include anime? Yeah, absolutely. Anything you've been watching, you know, in the past um, like few weeks or so. I was gonna say uh, Jessica Jones season two as well. Yeah, because uh, I just finished that literally yesterday night. Um, so I enjoyed that. But uh, for anime, uh, that's usually my my escape for. Well, it's almost like the same as video games as far as this game. <laughs> like, can it can it be ridiculously silly fun? Absolutely. Uh, so I've been watching Food Wars. Yeah. And it's it's like I definitely a guilty pleasure because my fiance shakes her head at me every time I'm watching it. And it's <laughs> like it's like, well, could you take like basically people who want to become the best chefs in the world and they actually have to do like basically Iron Chef as an anime? That's awesome. And, and you basically like ramp it up to like incredible levels. Like and... super anime, like the crazy, like hyperspeed moments. Like, yep. yep. And they're just oh, dicing man. onions you know, and stuff. You, you and like, Iron Chef anime. You know, that like sounds the, awesome. It's called the Food Wars. Of, of foodgasm, you know, is Food Wars. You know, <laughs> that sounds uh, awesome. It, it's, it's hilarious and uh, albeit slightly raunchy. So if you guys can't handle that with the food. That, not like directly with the food. Okay. But <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not crossing that line. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh it it's that kind of hilarious kind of anime like it's from Japan so we couldn't care less if it's any more silly and ridiculous. Nice. So and that that's what makes me love it. Like the only the only bad thing about it as I would say is every now and then it suffers from like a Dragon Ball Z effect where you feel like it's going to take forever to get through it. <laughs> like <laughs> Where, where like, characters like take like three weeks worth of episodes to power yeah. up. It's like you know, I knew you were making the souffle, but it doesn't take like three episodes to make a souffle. <laughs> like, <laughs> please don't do this to me, right? <laughs> but otherwise, that that's usually my my jam. Nice when I'm when I'm not doing anything else. Cool. Um, for me, I haven't really seen you know much since I watched uh, Black Panther, um, but I finally <laughs> I finally saw the whole nine yards all the way through for the first time. Which um, one, the Adam Sandler one, or, uh, or oh, no, I'm thinking Longest Yard. Never mind. Yeah, 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 no, no, no. The whole nine yards is with uh, Bruce Willis and um, oh gosh, the guy from Friends. Uh, spacing oh, out, spacing out. Yep. Ugh, I feel like I, such I a potato. I feel like such a potato. Matthew Perry, Matthew Perry. Yeah, and uh, it's pretty good. It's still pretty funny. I enjoyed it. And then um, I also saw the uh, the Netflix. Uh, comedy special with uh trevor noah uh pretty Ooh, recently yeah I haven't watched that yet. it's pretty good it's good uh and i really I, we haven't had cable in our house for about a couple years so mm-hmm. the way we kind of consume content is basically through you know streaming services which is part of the inspiration for the uh for the podcast is because it's right. it's content i'm limited to at home um but uh the first time i mean i'd seen some of trevor noah once he took over for the daily show I was like, oh, okay, he's kind of funny. He's still kind of, you know, getting situated and everything. But, you know, he's got potential. You know, he's funny. I like his voice, too. I I, I find South African accents to be just some of the coolest on the planet. Don't blame me. Yeah, right? It's so cool. Really, really it's so cool. unique, yeah. too. It's such a, a regionally specific uh, dialect, and I like it a lot. Because I, I it's a, so hard to imitate. I had a South African uh, substitute teacher or teacher's assistant uh, in my seventh grade math class. Yeah? And that was... That was a trip. That's cool. Yeah. I had That's a, the only way I would be able to learn math. 
right? I had a friend in high school that was from South Africa, and every time he spoke, he's just you sit there and just stare. He's like, "Wait, what'd you say? <laughs> what'd you what'd you what?" But um, I, I, was, <laughs> I was listening to I was listening to your voice instead of your words. Yeah, it's like it's just yeah. it sounds so pretty and foreign and different. Um, but the the special's good. It's pretty fun, and uh, it kind of gives you some context too of you know where he came from and. Uh, talking about the importance of travel and, you know, there's some good social commentary in it too. You know, you can see why he's, you know, you know, the head honcho for the daily show and the face of the daily show now. Mm -hmm. Um, so you can kind of get some of that and it's good. Um, and the first time I really, what motivated me to want to go see it is, uh, we binged, uh, comedians in cars getting coffee on Netflix and uh, yeah. And it's great too. Yeah. Cause the episodes are like anywhere from like, you know, eight to 15 minutes. They're real quick. Um, like truly you could have it like over breakfast before you're out the door and you know it's kind of funny you know you get to see a lot of different actors comedians and you know it's it's you're like a fly on a wall it's awesome and just watching jerry seinfeld talk to trevor noah just about comedy and you know basically the evolution of comedy too like apparently in south africa you couldn't really do stand-up period you could go to jail for it like uh yeah like any commentary (laughs) negative about the government or any Uh. like arm of the government was like a incarceratory offense i don't know if that's a word but i'm I, we're just gonna say it is um <laughs> but it's it was interesting to hear him you know talk about the transition of the culture of south africa to being having just the option to even do stand-up in their own country but also like the styles of stand-up are very different there versus you know over here or in the uk or whatever where people are right. riffing on their governments all the time for them they're like <laughs> wow you guys are bold it's like no that's commonplace here but like yeah. they're still catching up to what's you know socially appropriate, I guess, yeah. with uh, with new freedoms and stuff that are happening down there. And um, that both does and doesn't surprise me. Yes, right. <laughs> like, it's given, very given strange. The history of South Africa that does and doesn't surprise me. Yeah, and so I mean that's that would it made me even more interested in him as a person, but also as a comedian as well, because it's it's very different. You know, it it's it almost felt like a very long episode of uh, mm-hmm. the daily show but also with some very fun travel stories I, his story about what his trip to scotland is pretty awesome and uh Ooh, he does okay. a really good job with accents too and you know when he's mimicking other people in his, his bit so I, I recommend the uh okay the trevor noah bit on um on netflix if you're looking for if you like stand-up it's good oh, yeah, it's good sure. I, I need to watch more stand-up honestly mm-hmm. yeah i'm a fan of it for sure um comedy in my media diet (laughs) (laughs) all right well let's get into our discussion of let's do it black panther tell me something what do you know about wakanda it's a third world country textiles shepherds cool outfits all the front. Explorers have searched for it. Called it El Dorado. They looked for it in South America. But it was in Africa the whole time. I'm the only one who's seen it. And made it out alive. <laughs> the 
world is changing. Soon, there will only be the conquered and the conquerors. Step into the spotlight. You are a good man. Step into the spotlight. It's a good heart. And it's hard for a good man to be a king. That is from the trailer for Black Panther, the latest installment in the Marvel series. And it has been so good. pretty so amazing. It's the, it's the second trailer that really set, uh, that set me off. Oh, yeah? Oh, Which yeah. one specifically? Uh, I, think, I think it's actually the second official, like the official trailer. Mm. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, the, oof. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. So the storyline for this one or the plot summary, after the events of Captain America Civil War, King T'Challa returns home to the reclusive, technologically advanced African nation of Wakanda to serve as the country's new leader. However, T'Challa soon finds that he is challenged for the throne and factions within his own country. When two foes conspire to destroy Wakanda, the hero known as Black Panther must team up with the CIA agent Everett K. Ross and member of the Dora Milaje, Dora Milaje, Dora Milaje, Wakanda Special Forces, <laughs> to prevent Wakanda from being dragged into a world war. Guys, I really enjoyed Black Panther, and oh, yes. mm-hmm. to be honest, you know, speaking uh, speaking truth, I wasn't sure if I wanted to see it until I started to see uh, more, you know, footage from Civil War and saw how much. Wakanda itself was going to be involved and I liked what I saw. I liked seeing more Wakanda and that is what pulled me in is I just, I wanted to see the world because as a hero, I was unsure, which is stupid. And I know that's stupid because I'm like, he's like Batman, but it's, but like a ninja Batman. It's like Batman without the car. In your defense, Black Panther was not a hero that was particularly well-known outside of the really hardcore comic community. Mm -hmm. And so, like, all of the... And that that actually kind of hits on why I was... Why I really enjoyed seeing him in Civil War and why I was also really disappointed with how he was handled in Civil War. Yeah. Because it was a great way to do sort of like a backdoor pilot for a Black Panther solo film. Mm. But you also miss out on everything that makes Black Panther so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I agree with that point of like, you know, when you, you, you look at your barrel of Marvel characters, Black Panther's usually not your, your top one you're picking. Mm-hmm. Like right. when you look at like we still have like a long way to go to even hit like the middle of the Marvel barrel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, you know, like uh it's pretty clear. Like I'm, a, I'm a cap guy in yeah. my heart. Mm-hmm. But you know, for like having read comics for like almost over ten years, and it was like, yeah, I, I can't honestly say Black Panther was my top like comic I was reading. So mm-hmm. like I think they had, they, 
taking the chance in, in the Civil War to introduce like, oh yeah, we're going to introduce him in here. It's going to be nice ease in and then just blew it off, blew the doors off. Right. <laughs> like, it's like, hey, yeah, he gets a solo maybe <laughs> he's mysterious. We're not quite sure who he is. He's got this cool ring and uh, yeah. And then, oh, it's awesome and amazing. And I really mm. dug it too. I only knew one person uh, that knew who Black Panther was when I was younger. And it was just one guy in my high school. And he was really into Black Panther. And he was, mm-hmm. I, even then I was like, what, who, who is this? Right. <laughs> I don't know who this is, man. Well, and that, like for me, like my sort of journey to awareness of Black Panther as a character started about with the announcement that he would be in Civil War. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm, okay. the details are a bit hazy for me, but I, I remember that I didn't pick up a Black Panther comic until after it was announced mm-hmm. that he would right. be in Civil War. Cause that announcement came out way before the movie um right i think i remember hearing about that yeah gosh so that bothers first, me on a, on a different level but we'll talk about that in the a second. first comic that i picked up is actually still sitting over here and it was kind of like a at the time it came out it was sort of like a modern retelling of his origin story sure and one of my favorite bits of that and the bit that got me really really excited for his potential as a character in the mcu was a scene where everett ross is talking to a bunch like of white house u.s government uh officials about wakanda and the black panther and you know they're all talking about well let's just like who do these guys think they are using pretty racist terminology actually in the comic book uh, yeah okay to talk about you know well who are, who is wakanda to set up a no-fly zone over their airspace <laughs> and so he's given the breakdown of right what wakanda really well because is. isn't the perception that you know that they're the, the perception is like they're still a third world country. The shield is kind of yep. covering them. Not is that true in, in the comic book? Comic, actually. Really? Okay. At least the one that I have, not in this one. They're well aware of how advanced Wakanda is. Oh. And like the top general guy in the room is saying, D- you know, whatever, that's nothing. Give me, you know, like 12 of the best special forces guys, you know, and I'll go in there and we'll, you know, take everything <laughs> they've got. And Everett's like, it's already been tried, sir with the best (laughs) then goes on to tell about how during world war ii captain america actually entered wakanda chasing after a group of nazis that were out to exploit their technology and he didn't know that the wakandans had already dealt with the nazis three days before he arrived oh that's cool (laughs) he winds up getting into this fight with black panther with i I think would be t'chaka at that point yeah it would have been his dad right and Gets his clock clean. That's awesome. (laughs) T'Chaka beats the stuffing out of Captain America and sends him back unconscious to the rest rest of his forces, which like I read that and I'm like, yes, give me this character. That's cool, man. Very cool. Very cool. And so that's, yeah, that leads into why I got really excited for him. Uh, in Civil War because I knew he'd be fighting against Captain America. And so I'm like, yes, please give me the live action version of this fight. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Speaking of fighting, I mean, I felt like as far as like the, the combat and how it was handled, I thought it was pretty cool, but from someone who's, I I work in the production industry and primarily a lot of my experience is as a, as a camera operator. And a lot of the choices for movement within uh, combat to me, wasn't as strong as some of the other films and it's really only it's it's a very minor gripe and then um but i still loved a lot of the physicality especially with everybody 
Um, you know, it's not just Chadwick Boseman and Michael B. Jordan, you know, flexing some muscles, you know, like Lupita Nyong'o and um, other guys too really, you know, got their hands dirty and, uh, you know, yep. really got in there. And I thought that was right. awesome. And, I, you know, that kind of revolution almost, at least I'd say revolution, but having female characters within the MCU and the cinema or the, yeah, the MCU is the cinematic MCU. Right. Um, but like showing like, uh, you know, with Joss Whedon and Black Widow in Avengers, you know, just how she looked there and how she was shot versus, you know, Iron Man 2. It just felt a lot tighter. It felt like her hits were, you know, really having impact and connection. Mm-hmm. This time it felt almost like like 80, 20. And it could be maybe I don't know. It, it just felt a little different to me uh, just from a visual perspective. Um but I did love a lot of uh, the world building and, you know, just visually, just the idea of and just the opening too. really. OK, I'm, I'm jumping all over the place. I need to focus, <laughs> focus. So if I were to hone this in, uh, just to, I guess, kind of focus a, a talk, the very beginning of the film, just the opening narrative of just the VO of wakanda and vibranium and you know the little sand holograph kind of thing oh, yeah which yeah, was, that beautiful. was wonderful absolutely wonderful. beautiful and it's like this is so mm-hmm. cool and just you know the way it's perceived and um you know what if you know and what mm-hmm. if there was a country that was you know you know, stricken by colonization and slavery and denied the chance of uh technological advancement with the rest of the world because it was interrupted what would that look like and not only that but let's bubble that in there and just let it like uh, almost like a little biodome and just let them do their thing just let let this group of people do their thing and that just that like the the inner nerd in me and just the what ifs really got me excited i was like this looks so freaking cool I want to go to Wakanda. I just want to go here and just sit on the street. I want to see what they're eating. I want to see what they're driving. I want to see what their microwave looks like. I I want to see like just what everyday life in Wakanda was. Like I was just so just in awe of just how everything looks, but also too with, um, you know, like, uh, like tribal African sensibilities with some of the design as well. So like you could see like with uh, the way things looked, it's like, this is so cool. It's just like these very like small little touches and I I really, really dug it. That was actually bumping back to civil war for a second. That was actually one of my favorite things about black Panther and civil war is that they didn't give him just a flat black costume. Yeah. There was texture. You could see all the different tribal designs and patterns Mm -hmm. in the fabric. And I was just like, yes, Mm -hmm. give it to me now. (laughs) (laughs) I, I agree with that one too. Just seeing basically what I guess uh, many would refer to as being like, uh, I guess, Afrofuturism. Mm-hmm. And it's sure. like, yeah, your roots come forward with you. Like, you know, being able to later have uh, basically your own like Reinhardt shield out of your cloak, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like <laughs> this, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, For like, sure. yes. Yeah, all these like kind of textiles and things that like the rest of the world jokes of them about are still there but you can hardly fathom the context of what they can do with it. Right. You know, it's... Well, and that, that speaks to one of my biggest takeaways from this movie. Probably one of the three biggest takeaways 
was that if Black Panther is not at least nominated for a Best Costume Design Oscar oh next God. year, I'm going to be <laughs> furious because, <laughs> like, it it the, that blend of the traditional tribal designs mm-hmm. with that futuristic technology and the yes. just the way they combine the two. Oh, the Royal Guard too. Oh, God. Like oh, a yes. like a like the, his like personal guard. Like um, I, I don't mm-hmm. even know what they're called. Um, if you guys know, let the, me know. The Dora Milaje. Yeah. The, yes. Yeah. The Dora Milaje, yes. dude. I love oh, that. Yeah. Like the the red and gold, and mm-hmm. they're oh, just like yes. this elite. It's almost like Amazon esque. Like these ladies are like top tier fighters, yep. and it, oh, they're so cool. I love their. Honestly, like I think up. I may have liked liked their costume the best out of everybody's, including oh, yeah. Black Panther. For sure. Okoye especially like is one of my favorite characters in the entire MCU. Okoye is a treasure. Yes. I, I would take like her versus Wonder Woman, just like cancel the oh, rest of Marvel oh versus God. DC. I watch it like every day of the rest oh, of my man. life. <laughs> rip, rip Wonder Woman for sure. <laughs> mm. I, I'm, giving, I'm giving that. I'm giving that fight to Okoye right now. I would love to see that fight. I truly would. And I mean, this movie also it really it set a lot of records, you know, and not just you know opening weekend uh, things as well. Yep. You know, it's. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's the biggest track to outgross the last Jedi, at least here in the yep. U.S., mm-hmm. which is insane to think yep. like something that's such a staple as Star Wars. <laughs> right. Is being, you know, uh, trumped by Black Panther. It's in, it's, it's just a very odd thing to think. Um, mm-hmm. Right. You know, just if, if you were a betting man that bet on movie earnings, which is a very strange thing. Right. To, to right. Gamble Your on. smart bet. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's, it's so you strange. Would, you say Star Wars. Right. And uh, it's the biggest opening for February. And traditionally, too, um, you know, now and, you know, to March or January to March is typically kind of a crappy time to release a movie. Statistically, it's not a very high grossing time. Movies, mm-hmm, re- right. it's generally almost like a death sentence. It's almost like studios are like, or, distri- or uh, distributors will release mm-hmm. a movie in that time because there's just lack of faith or there's just too much competition elsewhere. Eh, it does what it does. And it's usually the place right. where movies go to die. And Black Panther basically broke the mold on that one, saying, yeah, we can be released in February, February, but we will perform like we are a July release. And right. we will continue I- to keep going as if we were in the middle of the summer. And it almost makes you scratch your head, like, I guess movies that are summer movies can now start in the middle of February? I, guess. I wouldn't necessarily go that far yet. Because I think a big thing working in Black Panther's favor is that February is Black History Month. And ah. so the cultural mm-hmm. significance of releasing Black Panther yes. on Black History Month, I, I think uh, I think that's a factor that needs to be considered. Uh, totally. I didn't even take to even think about that. I was just yep. th- I and when it was when I said a February release, like that's a that's a bad month. <laughs> that's a bad time right. to do it. I didn't even think about that. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure that totally has a, a factor in, in how well it's doing, or at least how well it did at the start. I mean, I think word of mouth would have propelled it forward even if it had a slow start. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, and I think the other thing too is that uh, Marvel, if you go with the chain, Disney, uh, with all of the things it's acquired, has kind of figured out that if they really catch wind of what they're creating has the potential to knock it out, 
Mm-hmm. Why not release in February? Yeah, because there's right. no competition. Who else is gonna be there? People uh, will move if they put it somewhere right. else too. Uh, you know, like because I think uh, didn't that happen like with Star Wars? Like, like, hey, it's December, let's mm-hmm. go watch Star Wars. Like, what? It's not. It's not. It's not May. It's not May the fourth. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> you know, when you're when you're releasing this, right? You know, and... so they they know mm-hmm. they 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 figured this out, right? And I think also too. It's it's good strategic spacing, I think. You know, with I mean, they what release you know three to four a year at this point. You know, we're gonna Almost. have Black Panther in February. Yeah. We'll have Infinity War, and then we have Ant Man and the Wasp in July. Yep. Yes. Do we That's get right. another one this so, yeah. year? Is there another film coming out, or is it just those three? I can't remember. Not this year. It's just those three. Yeah, this just year. those ones. Yeah, I but think... that that's good spacing though. You know, February to yep. the end of April. You know, it was gonna be the beginning of May, but they moved it up. I'm not sure why they would have moved it up, but I don't know why. I I know like the public story is that Robert Downey Jr. was like, "Hey, I got a couple of friends who like want to see this early," or something like that. Yeah, and maybe they're just like, "Well, we got to honor that now." (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) He is Iron. I don't know. I don't know if that was Mm. like staged or whatever, but could be. Could be. Never underestimate the mouse, man. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I have a hard, hard, hard time believing that like somebody's just sitting in post-production like you know we've been done for like a couple weeks mm-hmm. i guess we could release it early yeah <laughs> right mm-hmm. another thing that it did as well is it was the biggest non-sequel opening weekend yep. which also is also, pretty impressive too yes it's also the biggest the highest grossing superhero origin movie yeah the the time. solo film yeah like which it, is also it's nuts. already past the dark knight at least in terms of its domestic gross mm-hmm. yep and, and the Dark Knight like, was released twice in theaters. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, I mean, also, too, I mean, biggest opening weekend for a movie not directed by a white male either, which is also pretty insane as well. Mm-hmm. And, and Ryan Coogler was also, uh, this is the first time a black director has been given anywhere close to the kind of budget that he was given for Black Panther. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the budget was estimated at like $200 million. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. And um, yep. if you guys aren't familiar with Ryan Coogler, he also uh, directed uh, Creed, uh, the film with Michael B. Jordan, which I guess is... And uh, he also did Fruitvale Station, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. if, you, if you guys have not seen Fruitvale Station, that is a fantastic indie film. Highly, highly recommended. And uh, Yeah, S. Jones, I, uh, I saw that it had surpassed a billion dollars worldwide, and I squealed like an overexcited <laughs> anime character <laughs> when I saw that news because for the longest for the longest time in hollywood the conventional wisdom was that black movies don't sell mm-hmm. and black movies don't travel and now you have probably the most unapologetically black movie in history yep. smashing records left and right right you have two so i'm just you have two white guys that have dialogue and they kill one of them Yep. <laughs> so you really yep. only have yep. one. And so it is one yep. of those things where it's it truly is just like it shatters so many like what you guys are saying just traditional perceptions of black movies. And I mean, I I've gone to film festivals, and, you know, there's, you know, the you know, like Afrofuturism. It does exist, but it's not really consumed on a mainstream sense. It's more so for mm-hmm. people that are big right. cinephiles. You you'll have you will have seen movies like that before. It just hasn't really gotten any mainstream attention. And this is kind of a mm-hmm. film that for the first time right. not only did it, but not in a corny way, in a really 
cool way, yes. yeah. like in a way that's yes. tangible and awesome. And in a yeah. way too, that like, I really hope inspires so many different people, not only just, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, African-Americans or people that are in a impoverished world or part of the country or worldwide to inspire them to want to make movies, but also make them feel inspired to, you know, like, uh, like at the end of the film, you know, they're asking about how does this fly? How does this work? Ooh, you know, right. like the engineering yeah. and the science and stuff. It's like, yes, right. This there is, and that, I feel like that's what really made this movie transcend just a superhero movie. For sure. And on, honestly, the ending of the, 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 uh, the ending of the Black Panther, the ending of Black Panther is probably the thing that I most want to talk about sure. because it had, like, I, I feel like every reason why Black Panther matters is encapsulated in the last, like, 10, 15 seconds mm-hmm. of the film when that right. one kid, you know, walks away from the group of his friends, looks up to T'Challa and asks, who are you? Yeah. Right? Like, right. That kid was me growing up right because i grew up a little bit of you know my own history here to sort of prove this point i grew up uh the son of a white mother and black father in a overwhelmingly white upper middle class neighborhood so pretty much everybody almost literally everybody i interacted with on a daily basis was white and the you know when we're growing up and we're learning about U- u.s history and everything when it comes time to learn about the civil rights movement we're all essentially taught that you know racism and discrimination died with the civil rights act back in 1964 and and on top of that growing up all of the fictional characters that i connected with and looked to for sort of guidance and inspiration everything they were all white and for the longest time i had no issue with this i saw no re i couldn't even conceive of how that could potentially be a problem right but then you know you i don't want to get too into the ugly details of it all but you look at some of the big events that have happened with regard to race over the last six or seven years Mm -hmm. and it was a really painful honestly a soul-crushing realization that no racism and discrimination did not die out yeah 40 years ago they are alive and well and still in some particularly horrific ways yeah unfortunately well i lost so much of myself because of that i felt like i had been lied to my whole life that i'd been betrayed and none of the superheroes that I had looked to for inspiration to kind of get me through like every other nightmare life had thrown at me, none of them could really help me with this one because none of them would have to deal with that reality. Like, you know, Bruce Wayne doesn't have to worry about, you know, well, it gets <laughs> anything that I'd, yeah. that I'd want to skip over. Um, but then when black panther came out and like i'd I'd read the comics and like it was cool but it didn't really land with me because comics as a storytelling medium don't generally land with me but when i saw the potential for black panther and particularly when i saw luke cage the netflix series that Mm -hmm. was my first real experience connecting with a superhero and a show where it's a superhero show and yet all pretty much all of the characters look like me and especially in this day and age the imagery of having literally a bulletproof black man walking down the streets in a hoodie 
Yeah. No costume. Like, it's like, nah, like, man, I just, I'm just wearing what I'm wearing. <laughs> like I, I had never connect. I would not have connected with Luke Cage as a character 10 years ago because he's not the kind of hero that interests me. Uh-huh. But with, like I said, everything that's happened over the last six or seven years, it was such a powerful experience and really made me appreciate how much representation in media actually matters. So when right. we come now to Black Panther, which is a superhero uh, that I would have been interested in 10 years ago. And, you know, the movie is just this, no character plays to a stereotype. Everybody is, you know, the, the just the wide variety of rich characters that we have here was just unbelievably powerful to me. And so when we get to the end and there's, for all intents and purposes, me 20 years ago, looking up at T'Challa asking, who are you? I cried. Like I full blown, yes. like not like choked up, sniffling, holding it. I full on ugly cried <laughs> throughout the entire animated sequence because everything that Black Panther was and means hit me right then and there and continued to hit me as I left the theater and walked home. I, I cried like four times that night just because it finally... Like, we finally live in a world where a movie like Black Panther even exists, mm -hmm. let alone right. the financial success. This movie just exists in this day and age. And every single piece of me that had died with every ugly headline over the last six years came back to life that night. And it was such an overwhelming experience that I saw the movie two more times in five days. Nice. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> and like my, my final point on that is the thing that still gets me choked up about Black Panther, even now, like a more than a month, actually exactly a month later, um, is the fact that now that because Black Panther exists as a film and thanks to being part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he's not just, you know, some C-list comic book hero. He's an A-list fixture in mainstream pop yes. culture. That means that there's now an entire generation of black kids out there who will never have to know what it feels like to grow up with superheroes that don't look like you. Mm -hmm. And right. that is the part, that is the realization that I had when I finally got home that had me ugly crying all over again. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful moment. And I mean, that's part of the reason why I love movies so much is that it's not just a thing to escape to. It, it's a thing that can uh, teach you a lot about yourself it can teach you to think about things you never thought about about before, and it it transcends, you know, just mindless entertainment. I mean, I feel I feel mm -hmm. like movies can be great teachers and a great way to hold a mirror to yourself, to the world, or things that you may just not have even thought about yourself. And yeah. yes, and so I think this movie definitely fits the bill. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, you're gonna have some great, you know, blockbustery moments as well, but. If you mm -hmm. just take a second to to really look at what you're being presented with, there's some big, big changes happening underneath that are not being mm -hmm. thrown in your face right away and really, honestly, can be easily overlooked if you just don't take a second to think. Mm -hmm. But I think that's yes. also what makes it so great, too, is it, it had a message as well, but it didn't, uh, it still let the, you know, the story, you know, the comic-ish story kind of carry its thing. But it had this almost like, uh, I guess we'll say like, you know, carrying the, the little gaming author around 
uh, through it as right. well, basically saying like, hey, this also, um, this is really big for for a, a very you know select group of people as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, right. we hope that you don't miss it. And I think a lot of people yeah. really, you know, paid attention. And I'm very grateful for that too, as just a movie lover, and also just kind of what that's going to mean culturally, globally, mm-hmm. as well too. Uh, Dorseus, what are some of your thoughts yes. about it? Uh, well, like one of the things that I think I enjoy about just like T'Challa as a character that I saw a little bit, I like kind of went backwards after seeing Black Panther and then thinking through Civil War again, as being a character who is always willing to evolve himself and not so much in a, a, I need to become more powerful, but I just need to change my way of thinking. I need to maybe change my outlook like you go from a guy who wanted vengeance at the end of civil war to no, you have to pay for your crimes. Yeah. He easily could have just done the deed. We would not have said anything to, to challenge that we would have been okay with it. Mm-hmm. And then you see him in black Panther again, like echoes of his father. You're a good man. It's hard to be King at the same time mm-hmm. to like, I am willing to kill you because you, threw me over a cliffside almost murdered my family destroyed my kingdom and pitched the world into a world war but i realize this is not your fault mm-hmm. to go Gosh, through such, all of those such things a good moment too love that yeah. moment and then to say you are still part of my family and i want to help you mm-hmm. and yeah, then was... oh my god and then to have that dynamic of yeah, I, I want to be T'Challa. I want to be that person that can see that in everyone, that you're hurting, I understand. But then to also be Killmonger at the same time, saying, I am hurting, Yeah, I want to make everybody else hurt too, and you have no problem with that. Right, like you got to live movie. the life that I was denied. Your dad right? killed my dad, and because of that, I, right. I was stuck here. And so how right. can I not be mad at you? How? Why would you not want to take that back? Right. I mean, you can and, totally and, and, empathize with them. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Total empathy. And it's like, then to see them together, it's like, well, you're, you got quite a pickle, Marvel. How do you, <laughs> how do you mm-hmm. like align both of these things? Because generally speaking, those two things don't coexist nicely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, Killmonger makes a choice, you know? Yeah. And he's like, nope, I, I won't do it. So, yeah. uh, you know, just to see a, a, a character that for once is more than, oh, I need to learn to become powerful or I need to invent some piece of tech or, you know, beyond the, oh, that inner monologue moment, you know, to overcome. It's like he he really did have to just challenge everything he'd been told, even yep. from his own father, like to just oh, be like, yeah. no, you have to hide in secret. You know, yeah. Nobody can know. And mm. it's like, well, look at what we just did. We created this killing machine and that we tried to us. quiet it down. Yeah, we made yeah, a like, big mistake. Dad, you like as the, you know, the the archetype of a good leader and a good man, maybe right. wasn't such a good man after right. all. Or and, like and even good that. even good men can well, make very big mistakes. I think yes. is maybe the message yep. from that too. Yes. And and uh I don't remember the exact quote, but it uh reminds me that uh basic and i'll paraphrase but basically the whole trouble and you see this echoed throughout lots of things even just your encounters day to day which black panther has been rethinking that too but 
the real trouble comes when everybody knows what the good or right thing to do is. Mm -hmm. Because T'Challa knew what the right thing to do was. Killmonger knew what the right thing to do was. Nakia knew what the right thing to do was. And it's like, well, you got to choose one. Yep. Yeah. And, and any was... one of these is potentially bad. <laughs> And that was, I think, like the Marvel's greatest success with Killmonger was you you have a you have a, a villain like it, it's the quintessential uh, thought with villains is that the greatest villains don't know they're the villain like they right. don't believe they're the villain yeah and especially with Killmonger like you're listening to his grievances both the personal and the philosophical and you're you're just listening to this guy talk and you're like I mean you're not. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah, I mean, you're the way that you chose to get here, kind of messed up. Mm -hmm. Kind of messed up. The amount of people that you killed just to, you know, get to Wakanda. Right. But, but, like, we, but we, we obviously can't let you win. Yeah, at the same time, it's like... wrong. Yeah, yes. and I think that that's honestly a great... I, I totally agree and want to echo that. I think what a great villain is someone you can understand where they're coming from, and you could almost see yourself in the same situation. Right. You oh, can yeah, see, you know, sure. if I was in his shoes, I don't know if I would have turned out as a, a very wonderful, upstanding citizen. Right. I'd probably be pretty mm -hmm. pissed off, too. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly, Jones. You totally felt for Killmonger. Oh, yeah. I had to agree mm -hmm. with that, too. Just like, and, and that's the way it had to be. I don't think you could have had just like some random, like, murderer or some other kind of evil plot for, mm -hmm. for Black Panther. Sure. Or something from space or across the galaxy. Right. Or whatever. It, it would not have the same effect, mm -hmm. you well, know? Even, even if you'd use some of Black Panther's other villains, like uh, M'Baku is actually a really good uh, example of that because in the comics, he's this villain called Man-Ape, which, you know, the name alone, like, that's... Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't... Yeah. Uh, wouldn't uh, well, wouldn't sounds like mayonnaise. Yeah. <laughs> Hellman's um, is coming to get you. Run away. Right. Um, so, like, you know, there's that challenge, obviously. And I think it, I have to give Marvel a ton of credit here because, you know, Killmong in Killmonger specifically, but also in the movie broadly, like, with all the issues, like, the fact that it even brings up these issues at all is something that I didn't expect. Yeah. But then the fact that mm -hmm. it brings it up and they don't just, like, mention it. They go there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they take you to LA. Like they really go there, and it's I like, wasn't gee. expecting like. like I was kind of shocked just, too. When sure just passingly calls uh, <laughs> Ross, uh, yeah, don't Ross, scare yeah. me like that, colonizer. I'm like, oh shit! Yeah. Just, pardon me, but like, okay, they actually went there. Good yeah, Lord. yeah. But again, like that's like the fact that they went there, and we're we're yep. now able to have a conversation about it now. Like that is. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest reasons why I think Black Panther is one, I, I put it in my top three Marvel films of all time, mm -hmm. because even though it may stumble a bit on some technical aspects of movie making that the other films don't, unlike the other films, it has a really powerful, important real world message to send and right. it actually, like it recognizes that and it commits. Oh yeah, all mm -hmm. in. All yeah, in. it was a great and, balance. It was a great balance of cultural message and, but also, you know, I was kind of saying it earlier, but not sacrificing the story for the sake of the message, but also right. not including enough to, you know, not have the message be heard at the same time. It was a great, it was a great uh, just synergy of just having the two just work together in a very, very effective way. 
for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, um, the, the, the best superhero movies in general, in my mind, are the ones, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rephrase this a little bit. Mm-hmm. To anybody who's seen V for Vendetta, there is a great line, but I believe it's also in the graphic novel, but in the movie, uh, there's a great line where V says, artists use lies to tell the truth. And the best superhero mm-hmm. movies, in my opinion, are the ones who take the lie of superheroes and use them to tell us something that's true, either about ourselves or the world that we live in. Right? Mm-hmm. It's something that Wonder Woman does. It's something that, honestly, the Dark Knight does uh, with the Joker and Batman's conflict. Yes. And it's something that Black Panther does. And so I... I, I could I honestly could not be happier with the fact that Black Panther is what it is because mm-hmm. I think it's everything it's everything it needed to be, and it's everything mm-hmm. on a personal level that I needed it to be and more and it's right. just excellent top to bottom. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that kind of it made me a little sad, and in a way, it's almost ironically, it's unfortunately Andy Serkis, like we were talking about earlier in um, in Star Wars: The Last Jedi. I was looking forward to more time to learning about Ulysses Claw. And, you know, when we first got introduced to him in uh, in Ultron, you know, this arms dealer, you know, he's the only guy that has seen Wakanda and got out. And, right. you know, this guy that's, you know, this very just little dude that's, you know, could maybe be something menacing in Infinity War had he survived. Uh, maybe could have cut a deal with Thanos to save his own skin or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, much like in Last Jedi is you know, put down, um, in a way that I was, it was done well, but mm-hmm. I was kind of sad because I love Andy Serkis as an actor and I was yeah, very intrigued right. with his character yeah. and also sure. like how he and, um, and Killmonger could have been working together to still get to Wakanda or mm-hmm. maybe what kind of, you know, duality they could have had as people operating within it. You know, one guy, you know, Killmonger wanting to just have Wakanda, you know, have everything that he was denied. And Ulysses, a guy who's like, yeah, I just kind of want to make some money. And uh, can I just have some of this and do my thing? And, you know, but eventually maybe, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I wanted to see more of their relationship, how they found each other, why they're working together. Um, I loved, you know, the way they busted him out of the interrogation room was so cool. (laughs) Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. It was really, really cool. And that uh, actually, um, a couple things I want to address. Uh, first off, uh, BRB Splint, I think. Baby Rice. Right? Oh, Baby Rice Splint. Baby Rice brings up a great point about Killmonger. That last quote he has about bury me in the ocean where my ancestors jump from the yep. sh- ships because yeah. they is better than yes. bondage. Again, that speaks to my earlier point that like Marvel went there with yep. this film and i think that might actually be the single most important line in that regard in the film mm-hmm. because every at least for an american audience because pretty much everybody in america who sees this movie is going to know mm-hmm. the history that comes with that line yeah and after experiencing all of black panther prior to that line and then hearing that line I think that to, to anybody with even two brain cells to rub together, that's going to be one of those things that really kind of sets you off your heels a little bit and actually starts making you really think, about, oh, God, are we really are still dealing even now mm-hmm. with the after effects of that. Yeah, 
Yeah, I agree. Then, Even just thinking about the line too, you know, it's it's such a heartfelt line, and it takes what is a very tender moment with uh with two cousins together, you know, mm-hmm. separated right. almost their entire life until their very last moments together, and then it just twists, you know, the emotional knife on your heart a little bit. And you're just oh, yeah. like, oh yep. man, I mean, mm-hmm. you just you can't help but you know want to cry and hug him, but at the same time, like, yeah. but you killed so many people. <laughs> Yeah, but at the same time like it's okay i love you i'm so sorry that that just life was unjust to you and oh my gosh it's such a good line that uh that what could have been moment like yeah that's like all that floods right to you and you're just like man yeah and it's so so real too it's so real not everybody gets to live the the fairy tale life you know there are Mm -hmm. you know thousands and thousands of people all over the world in different countries that aren't, you know, getting to grow up in a, in a life like, you know, us, you know, being able to, you know, talk on the internet together Mm -hmm. and be able, and others to be able to listen to us talking. They they may never get to hear this conversation and, you know, some, they just got dealt the wrong card. And it's, it's one of those things too, where it it touches on that a little bit as well. Like, you know, sometimes people that could have, that have good hearts sometimes just, you know, get dealt a bad hand and it's, uh, there's a lot that that can be done. And that's also one of the things too, that they address in the film as well with Wakanda, you know, Mm -hmm. with, um, with T'Challa talking to T'Chanka in the, I guess it's, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like where they, they basically get to go visit their ancestors and the other black Panthers, which I thought was really oh, cool. I God. loved the colors in I that. Oh, that. it was beautiful. Love that. Uh, that was, and again, that's another, honestly, that's another Oscar that black Panther needed needs to be at least nominated for is cinematography mm-hmm. because yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yes. One of the things that I guess yes. before, I guess that we go into that, we did going into infinity war, which is coming up the trailer, a new trailer for it just dropped uh, today. Um, which was awesome, and I'm very excited for it. I'm also very worried about my boy Captain America. Very excited <laughs> and scared at the same time. Yeah. And I should be. I should be scared. Justifiably. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because other people have been Captain America before. Spoilers. Um, but we still don't know where one Infinity Stone is, and it's the Soul mm-hmm. Stone. And going into Black Panther, I was wondering, are we going to get to see the Soul Stone? And mm-hmm. I guess... based on like you know reddit or some other you know tweets and you know threads all over the web that maybe what makes the flower that makes the black panther power is somehow tied to the soul stone but i also Mm -hmm. thought you know the sand that they bury them in to be able to go to the i guess the where the elders are is orange and Mm -hmm. that stone is supposed Mm -hmm. to be orange and so i wondered like i like that and so I wondered, like, is that intentional? Is it just a, a good contrast color that they picked uh, just for, you know, costume design right. for the room or for just set design? Mm-hmm. And so it never really got answered. And so I'm hoping that maybe that's the case. Maybe the right. stone has been crushed up and maybe that's just what is used to, you know, transport your soul somewhere else. Well, right. a counterpoint to that is that T'Challa gets the same effects later in the movie buried in snow. Right um yeah because they 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 did get the one flower away and so they were able to make right. the the yeah. drink or the whatever the the nectar is in the flower was able to you know get back to him yeah so i i i do definitely agree that in my opinion there's there's only two places that the soul stone could be it's either it's either in wakanda it has to be wakanda 
<laughs> the, other, the other theory that I've heard is that Heimdall has it. Right. I, I like says, that one. Do you think it's in his sword? It's either it's either in his sword or in his armor. But he says, I think in Thor one that he can see every soul in the galaxy. His eyes are yep. orange. Just saying. Yep. And his eyes are sure. orange. Because so Paul Bettany has the you know the the vision stone and yep. yeah the mind stone in his in his head. Mm-hmm. I never thought about that. Yeah, so now I'm gonna go watch only, Ragnarok again. The only piece of evidence that I think would counter that theory is that, uh, oh, I don't know. I don't want to get into spoilers for Infinity War, but if you've seen Ragnarok, we would assume people seen have seen it, Ragnarok at this point. It's it's yeah, yeah spoilers Sweet. for Ragnarok. Really, any anything <laughs> yeah. Marvel at this point. If you haven't seen it, I mean, shame on you. Yeah, the potential spoilers for Ragnarok, and I'll throw Infinity War out there as well. But that said, uh, it's very clear that the first attack Thanos makes is on the Ark colony ship that has all the Asgardians on it. Mm-hmm. Right. So it would appear so. Be there. Yeah. Right. And when we see Thanos on Earth fighting the Avengers, we see that the only two stones that he has are the power stone and, and the, the space stone yeah so yeah. now that i think it was in in the first footage we saw from infinity war thor didn't have his eye patch because ragnarok hadn't come out yet so it's entirely possible they're just not putting the soul stone in the trailers right like i will admit that full stop possibly because this was supposed to be a two installment film and now it's just going to be a single installment uh, well, the Russos did an interview where they said that Infinity War is very much its own movie and that Avengers 4, rather than be a continuation of that, will be more of a direct sequel to it. So, like, <sighs> Thanos will still be the main villain, okay. but they're, it's, they're telling two different kinds of man so many guys are gonna die (laughs) oh man be okay no it's not gonna be okay i'm gonna cry this is gonna be so sad man oh but i'm so looking forward to it at the same time um but one other one other thing i wanted to hit on about black panther really quick just uh, off of baby rice's uh other comment uh was one of the complaints that i've heard from like these super hardcore comic fans (laughs) Is they've been they were really really pissed off that Claw was killed because in the comics, Ulysses Claw is Black Panther's main villain, right? Or at least one of his biggest villains. And right. so the fact that we're losing uh, Claw so soon, like that, has a couple of uh, pretty people upset. But at the same time, it's like, <laughs> eh, but do, like, right? But I mean, you could make the same argument though for, I mean, Iron Man three and the Mandarin as well. You took right. what is like well, the have, guy, yep. and you. T- I have some really strong yeah. opinions yeah. about the. Yeah, it, it, in a way, it really pissed. Um, that movie pissed me off for a long time. I've since, you know, like turned it around as I after I let <laughs> it sit for like a year. But initially, I was I was so pissed because I, I love There's Iron still Man. Still a void in my soul for that part. Mm-hmm. Although Marvel has confirmed in their own way that the real Mandarin does exist in the MCU. Likely story. I remember <laughs> in, um, did you guys see the one shot? Yeah, exactly. Yes. He is, he, it is, it's a long con. Cause if you look at him, if you look at the looks <laughs> that he makes, he, it is a long con. 
Mm-hmm. He, I think it was fully self-preservation that he just made, you know, the Trevor Flattery character. I, gosh, I really do believe it. I believe he is the legit Mandarin, and I wonder if he'll that be. That would be. Okay, so if they do go the long <laughs> con route, I am, like, that just further solidifies my need for an Iron Man 4, mm-hmm. where he confronts <laughs> the actual Mandarin, and then, Pat, like, obviously because Robert Downey Jr.'s been at this for a while that could be the point where they then transfer the iron man mantle to riri williams who plays the character ah, ironheart yes. in the comics yes um, that so that's something potential. that i like give me an iron man for just for that specifically <laughs> could it Please. be um uh, what about um what about shuri potentially getting uh, the transition being someone who is very science and tech savvy I was, I was actually having yeah. this conversation earlier this morning, and I think that while that is a very like viable option on the face of it, I think at the end of the day, Shuri is still way too important to T'Challa and Black Panther mm-hmm. to spin her off like that. But what about, you know, like three, four years down the line, you know, with time to have Black Panther in the rotation, being in other MCU films and trying to you know build out you know the supporting cast of of t'challa and give them further agency in the mcu i feel like that that is still a a pretty promising opportunity i could see it i i could definitely like see it if you're like the way marvel and the timelines of them creating everything works Mm -hmm. i could totally see it yeah i i think just from consuming some of the other media for black panther i think that you would have the potential to have Shuri be stronger in just staying in the Black Panther line of of movies, because there are there's tons of other potential. Uh, if you don't mind me, maybe slightly spoiling it for you. Go for it. There's more than one Black Panther costume. No. Mm. I mean, technically sure? there is. I mean, within sure. within the movie, right. I mean, he he gets but a new like one within Shuri, the film. It dons the Black Panther costume in the comics. Yeah, mm-hmm. she she, she rules part of of mm-hmm. of of Wakanda. Like, well, maybe T'Challa is gone or whatever. That has yeah. and Pepper has, has her own Iron Man armor at some point as well. Like, she's supposed to be yes. um, Ironheart. Mm-hmm. I guess is her thing. But like, it's like no weapons. It's like a straight up like cert, like um almost like a Coast Guard kind of like thing where it's just going to dangerous right. places and rescuing people. Is, right. is that kind of her Playing role support. with that as well or, or is she kind of like a like a big player like a robin almost to batman uh i'd I'm say not... i don't know if i'd go like robin to batman but it's basically like her almost doing it her way okay <laughs> like mm-hmm. there's the t'challa way and then there's the shuri way <laughs> of, of doing things and okay uh you know that kind of definitely sibling dynamic but it's like, yeah, I would love to see like eventually where maybe T'Challa has gone too far with the Avengers and doing the superhero thing. He's mm-hmm. lost his way and seeing Shuri being like, do you remember what it means to be here in Wakanda and being Black Panther and ruling the kingdom? Because mm-hmm. that would be a huge storyline just for T'Challa on mm-hmm. its own. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that's I, something that T'Challa actually gets in hot water with in the comics as well is that when he goes off and does like he spends i don't know what the specific arc is but i know it's happened in the comics where he's spent 
so much time with the Avengers and with their issues. And I know it came up in the Civil War comic storyline where he's spending so much of his time and energy on this that mm -hmm. Wakanda sort of falls into its own yep. version of dis disarray. And so when he comes back from dealing with the Civil War, he's got to deal with a Wakanda that's pretty pissed at him. Right. It's like you can't be a king and not be around. Exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. And, uh, man, I really also, I enjoyed Martin Freeman as Everett Ross. And I was pleasantly surprised oh, yeah. by that. Yeah, and I, I can't remember where I heard this, and I felt like, I don't know, it was such BS after seeing the movie. I heard, like, because uh, I didn't see Black Panther in its opening weekend just because dad life happens. But um, <laughs> I'd heard somebody say that they felt like Martin Freeman wasn't given enough in the movie and almost maybe didn't need to be in the movie at all. Mm, and I have some pretty, I have, oh, I have some really mm. strong opinions on that. But for one. me, like, after I saw it, I'm like, I felt like he had plenty of agency in the film. And right, mm -hmm. um, I, I felt like he he served a purpose. He wasn't like a lame side character. He got to do I think more than he did in Civil War and oh yeah for and sure. other oh, bits he by a long shot. Yeah, he mm -hmm. definitely had an effect on the plot line. He contributed to the to the fight and prevented you know you know something that could have been horrible from happening happening. And yeah, he, he risked he his life. He stayed in there life. until yes. the room almost got blown up. I mean. You know, he didn't just yep. like, you know, peace out or, you know, get knocked out and pass out like like Bilbo Baggins and miss the big fight. You know, he right. actually he had agency and participated. Mm -hmm. But yes. I don't know. I never understood that statement. So I, I kind of agree. Well, disagreed. I my first stronger opinion on that one is that, you know, one of the things I enjoyed about his character in a sort of a, a reverse mirror type of way mm -hmm. is that Martin Freeman gets the treatment in Black Panther that a lot of black characters get in other movies so it was really fun to kind of see the role reversal there okay but then also yeah like you said like he has yeah. he's not just a throwaway character he has real a real meaningful effect on the plot like they wouldn't have been mm -hmm. able to save the day without him if it hadn't been for him mm -hmm. and what he does in that movie that ship still would have gotten away with the weapons and you know right. there would be wakanda still... tech on the black market and yeah. around the yep. world, like bad, like there would just be bad things happening. Bad people would have yes. access to very strong tech, and that would be a very in also just a very interesting world to be in too, like an alt yeah. history movie. Like what would happen if that got out? You know, it's almost right. like you know, uh, hydro weapons and tesseract weapons getting out. Yep. You know. Yep. Yep. Exactly. But like in a, just a different sense. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys on that one. He he played his role well, and it gave uh the opportunities that we saw in the plot it's mm -hmm. like okay like the one of the few people outside of wakanda that t'challa actually trusts like somehow mm -hmm. and we see it because he wasn't going to leave him there to die yep. he like that's like one of his also big departures from the old way so we yeah. see that as uh uh i wouldn't say a foil but it's a moment where t'challa gets to make a decision yeah, mm. where he, it, it's and you're right. It is actually like the first moment in the movie where he's presented with a situation, you know, like his first real choice to make as king, mm -hmm. and he looks at it and he's like, he knows what he should do, like he knows what he's been taught and raised and brought up to do. Right. Mm -hmm. But then at the other point, he's like, this guy's just like, how can it be the right thing to do to let this guy take a bullet for I think Nakia? So like, take a bullet for the mm -hmm. woman that I love 
yep. and leave him to die? How could that possibly be the right thing to do? Right. Because, right. I mean, with his father, it's almost like he would he would have his father would have totally left him there. And be like, nope, that's his problem. You know, we don't want to bring an outsider to Wakanda. That's a threat right. to Wakanda and keeping things separate and all that. And it was really, really it's I think that's what has been one of the most interesting things about T'Challa in a way. I think I guess part of the reasons why I like him so much is he has a lot of similarities with Captain America in terms of his moral compass being able mm-hmm. to make, right. I think what we would all hope we would make the the choices we would yes. hope to make the right choice, the, the humane sure. choice and a selfless choice and, you know, not putting, you know, the needs of you before everything else. And right. it was really cool to see that executed on multiple occasions to see mm-hmm. like, yeah, he right. has learned from his father and especially like up until the end too, you know, when he finally, when he goes to the, to the elder, the elder place where he basically is, he like confronts his dad. He's like, you screwed up, man. And we, <laughs> that's just not okay. And we're not going to do that. And you see that that stays consistent with his, with his thinking as well. Like whether he had known that he was going to have a disagreement with his father at that point or not, right. you know, he'd already made that choice, but it, it was cool to see that just echoed in many different circumstances that this is a guy that definitely has his head and his heart in the right place. And really, I think sure. only one time he has like a slight vengeful moment in the movie. Yeah, it's when mm-hmm. he it's when he first confronts Claw and he says, "Every breath you like, Claw is like begging him for mercy." And T'Challa says, "Every breath you take is a mercy from me." And he's just about to yep, claw him in the face. Done it. He's about to claw, claw. Okoye, knock you like, dude. Have you seen how many people are recording this right now? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got to put this on my Instagram. If you actually kill him, don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. For sure. Yeah. But like, yeah, cause it, it also, it's a good thing too. Cause it does humanize him still. It's not like he has superhuman compassion, you know, he right. still feels, you know, intense anger and, you know, hatred towards this man who took his father from him, a man that he idolized and felt was like the best role model. And eventually kind of, you know, as we've kind of discussed as well, he, eventually finds out maybe that's not the case or mm-hmm. or like what we had said as well like earlier he um you know all good men can make mistakes yes yes and then uh i was gonna say like just be like going into the plane like just as cool scenery and just a, a story idea i gotta say that takes a lot of stones i don't think if like i had the chance to like go back and like look at my dad and then all the past black panthers i would just go do it and yell at them <laughs> like right. like mm-hmm. to like change that much to be like i know you're wrong i'm gonna come back and tell you so i'm not staying here i have to go fix the problem you made mm-hmm. like like oh <laughs> oh really oh okay yeah. you know <laughs> and that touches on i think chadwick boseman's performance as t'challa in a big way because that character would have been so easy to either underperform or overperform and he manages Mm -hmm. to do so much acting just through these really subtle shifts of expression and body language and the tone of his voice where he's always sort of really like even keeled on the surface but you can tell just in like when Okoye says uh about ross if he touches you again 
I'm taking out my spear and pinning him to that desk. <laughs> and to, to Charles, just like, like he doesn't like overdo it, but he's just like, oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Like it's it's yeah. just this really subtle but clearly exasperated. Come on, yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm tired. There's a slight of you, you know. <laughs> yeah, you've been talking crap about this forever. We all know you're not gonna do it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like the, there's a there's a wonderful subtlety and calmness to his performance that I mm-hmm. think is really 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 compelling mm-hmm. because he's never. It's so easy to make a character like that just stiff as a board and boring to watch. Mm-hmm. But again, like so much of his acting and performance in the movie is nonverbal that like even if you can't see it, you can feel it. Like yes. when he confronts Killmonger yeah, in just the like within his room. posture. Oh my goodness, like, yes. You, you, you can, oh you can feel yeah. how tense and how coiled he is in that moment because he knows what killmonger is there to do and he knows what killmonger is there to say and so you can see it in his movements in his eyes that every step he takes he's thinking how can i play this situation so that killmonger doesn't win Mm -hmm. right and it it winds up not working anyway because what he (laughs) doesn't know is that killmonger is just as smart and just as clever as he is Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Unlike T'Challa, he has been preparing for this specific moment his entire life. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Which also, um, not to run on too long, but gets to one of the reasons why my favorite fight in the movie mm-hmm. is actually the challenge fight between him and Killmonger. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. again, with yes. the way that Chadwick Boseman moves and carries himself in that fight, you can tell that he's fighting to buy time to calm Killmonger down, and he's not fighting to right. kill him, which is ultimate, yes. which is ultimately why he loses that fight. Yep. Because mm-hmm. Killmonger, like he's holding back that entire fight, and Killmonger is just in his face the entire yep. time. Right. I mean, it's it's his entire life of hatred, and you know, just yep everything is just you know building building to that moment like this is his like his payoff you know this is what i've been you know working towards and this is my moment to give it to the guy that took everything from me and had the life that i should have had yeah and t'challa thought he could get away of like oh all king instead of like ah you need to like fight this one out like the but like yeah we we all knew it was coming but uh yeah, he's ready to kill you. His name is literally Killmonger. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like in little or sense, he is going to uh he's going to yeah. try to end he's, you. He's he's gonna he's gonna kill you. <laughs> yeah. I guess kinda, you know, discussing I guess now like the the implications of this film, we've kind of touched on some of it, you know, the what Black Panther is probably has changed for the MCU. And with the release of the Infinity War trailer the idea of losing some of, I guess the, I guess the, the founding Avengers within the MCU, you know, I guess you could almost say T'Challa kind of could be the replacement of the moral center of the Avengers. If we were to lose Steve Rogers, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I agree with that. Yeah. So if you actually look at the placement, I want to, I want to actually pull it up on my end because this, again, I was having this conversation earlier, Mm -hmm. earlier today was if you look at the placement of the characters in the poster, you can see that T'Challa is standing right next to Captain America 
Oh, man. Yeah, if you really dissect uh, the placement of the characters in this film, you can maybe kind of see where not only where the pieces are being set up, but don't where you they do might, it, uh, Disney. Don't you do it. Don't you kill my might, Captain America. Where they might fall. Oh, my goodness. But yeah, even at the end of um, of Ultron as well, you know, like they have, you know, the, the new Avengers headquarters and people are stepping up and you have like Scarlet Witch and Vision and um, and Falcon. And it kind of is almost like just a heads up. These are going to be your new core <laughs> yeah. Avengers. You may not know it yet, but that's probably what it's going to be. Mm-hmm, and I, right. I, I kind of could see that too. I mean, these actors can't stay their age forever unless you start uh, introducing the idea of them aging and dealing with aging. Right. Especially with Captain America too. Somebody that's like, I mean, oh my gosh. It, within yeah. the comics, I mean, we, we, we have seen an old cap, you know, in charge of shield mm-hmm. and things like that. So I guess right. it could be done. But yeah. at the same time... Well, that's kind of <sighs> contingent upon whether or not Chris Evans right. wants to do it. Because honestly, mm-hmm. I think one of the strongest bits of evidence that if anybody's dying in Infinity War, it's Cap, is the fact <laughs> that Chris Evans, like the first rumors, whispers of any actor wanting to leave the MCU, it was Chris Evans. That was a long, That was a while ago, though, wasn't yep. it? Like that was way before Ultron, and I think even before Winter Soldier. I think that was prior to Winter Soldier. He was already talking about maybe being done. So maybe after Avengers, he was like, "All right, I'm I'm kind of cool with just doing two and and all that." Yeah. But then I guess mm-hmm. I think he changed his tune pretty quick when Avengers became just this juggernaut. <laughs> and he's like, "Maybe I should right. maybe I should do this as long as they'll let me." Basically, I think it's going to come down to is how many how many more times does he want to stay in the gym and have his diet? Because yeah, so he's been like he's Amer- been pretty so slow like for a America while for the rest man. of his life. <laughs> yeah, like, like, well, I mean, like, I'll do it. I'll do it. Disney, I I will work out. I will eat. I will eat like the Rock. I will mm-hmm. I will eat oh, eight hundred pounds of of fish oh. every day if I have to. Oh, I, I will God. totally do it. His diet is stupid. God. But, I mean, but that's the, that's like the thing though. Like Chris Evans is already really good shape uh, because I mean, I don't know if we want to talk about the, the Fantastic Four movies. Oh my god! Sure, <laughs> but like he was he was already in pretty good shape. Yeah, he's yeah. always been in pretty good shape. I guess yep. in Captain America, it's like all right, you're already in pretty solid shape. He was also pretty you know pretty cut in Scott Pilgrim too. So I mean, he's mm, he's been right. pretty you know in shape for a while. Well, didn't but, Scott Pilgrim come out after the first event? I, I think it did. I think it did. Did it? So, really? I thought yeah, it was. Yeah. He, I thought he it was, was in a... Captain America shape in regular clothes for Scott Pilgrim. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Got it, got it. Which, slight side note, I recently just rewatched Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Fantastic and movie. That movie is a piece of like it's ridiculous and silly and over the top, and it is without doubt or exception a piece of cinematic brilliance. Totally, incredibly I, underappreciated. That way, I was nervous for. A second. Yeah, I was about to say I'm about to either get really mad at you or want to hug you. <laughs> and I'm a sucker for Edgar Wright. He's one of my favorite directors that's still working, and I think he it's it's a movie that I wish got more praise, but unfortunately is just. I don't know. I guess it will just remain as in cult fan status in the sense. Well, and, and that's kind of why I preface it with how silly and ridiculous it is on the face of it, because that's kind of why it 
didn't really get much traction because it's one of those it's like pacific rim in the sense that it's one of those movies where you kind of have to already be in that fan base mm-hmm. to really appreciate it because right. again i was rewatching pacific rim not too long ago and that scene where Gyp- their gypsy dangers dragging the oil tanker and using it oh as a God. baseball bat that was like, the best kind so, of cheese ever it's just yes. like yes like it's so stupid and ridiculous yep. but it's so much fun mm. like, i'll have another sir <laughs> yeah it's like yeah I, I don't mind going to mcdonald's i'll get a cheeseburger please yeah exactly it tastes good i want it yep. <laughs> it's like oh gosh um so i guess kind of winding things down um i guess any final any final thoughts on the film more of it more of it <laughs> yeah. more more black more of it <laughs> more of it i i want i walked out like legit like before the second coming of the tears i walked out legitimately angry that i was gonna have to wait two to three years for a proper black <laughs> panther 2. like infinity war is not enough for me i need black panther 2 mm. yesterday right uh, it also has me kind of curious are where are we gonna see t'challa you know popping up in other films between yes. now and then as well or mm. elements of wakanda because I mean that that's happened in other films as well with their sequels, and there is some overlap, even if it's very brief. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, even like in uh, like in Thor: The Dark World, where Loki's you know being escorted out, and, or they're he's sneaking him out, and he's just changing into different people, and then he turns into Captain America just mm-hmm. for like ten seconds. Oh, yeah. But like, I died laughing at that. That was so good. He's like, ah, mm-hmm. it's so great. And uh, but like, yeah. you know, are we gonna get moments as small as that? Are we gonna you know maybe see just Shuri, you know, working with Tony Stark? or working with shield you know collaborating on something because at the end of the film they basically say we're no longer going to keep secrets we're going to share everything with everybody you know i'm very curious what um what the rest of the mcu is going to kind of see in terms of wakanda and how it's going to be a part of their movies however little or small i think after infinity war the most likely uh superhero he'll show up with is actually spider-man really i know i Why know that? t'challa's spent some again in the civil war comic line he spends a fair bit of time in new york mm-hmm. and that's that's an obvious choice then yeah, yeah. and then again if they want to go on with uh wakanda doing some more like outreach to the african-american community new york is another great right. uh yeah place to do that right and i think to continue on with that too uh as unlikely as it is, I would love to see that integration with the Falcon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe upgrading Falcon, his suit and stuff. He gets his wings. He gets vibronium wings at some point. Like vibronium. Yeah, I'm sorry, vibranium. Sorry, vibe. <laughs> uh, Shout out to vibronium. <laughs> sorry, vibe. <laughs> but uh, he gets the wings, or even with War Machine, like mm-hmm. yeah, like or even the Iron Man on, suit too. Yeah, double down on your like your your black heroes go for Mm -hmm. it like you Mm -hmm. clearly made it work like Mm -hmm. you can show them you know being with one another you know make it a thing and Mm -hmm. like having that setting in new york perfect perfect yeah very cool well awesome dudes um i think that's going to kind of wrap us up here for our discussion of black panther i could easily keep going for like another hour (laughs) um just even just talking about you know what could be what it is but you know eventually we do got to wrap things up but before we do where can we find you guys gaming author if we want to see you more on the internet where can we find you man 
I am also right here on Twitch at, you know, twitch.tv slash the gaming author. And then on Twitter, uh, again, same name, just, you know, twitter.com at the gaming author slash the gaming author, however the URL works for Twitter. <laughs> and Dorcius, yeah. where can we find you, man? And yeah, you'll, you'll find me on uh, my TV slash Dorcius. And then you guys can also uh, shout at me at Dorcius. And uh, yeah, you'll usually find me in those places there now. So very cool. And uh, guys, you can find me. Uh, my name's Captain McFly. You can find me here on twitch.tv slash Captain McFly with a one on the L just because, you know, I made it after my <laughs> Xbox gamer tag and I'm a chump. But you can also find me on Twitter <laughs> at Captain McFly TV. Um, if you can, if you are watching this or listening to this on iTunes or Google Play or any podcast services, we'd love for you to leave us a review. Tell us what you think. Uh, even if it's one star, if you think it's garbage, tell tell me why you think it's garbage and how we can make it improve. Um, we're still, you know, getting our legs under this, but we love it very much. And uh, you can also send feedback to me uh, at my email address, which is CaptainMcFlyTV at gmail.com. Our next AV Club will be in a couple weeks. Uh, we're just still locking down our hosts and everything, but we will be looking at Luke Besson's Valerian. Uh, it's on Prime Video. It is. Uh, if you don't know who Luke Besson is, he's the director of The Fifth Element and Lucy. Uh, you can see it right now on Prime. You can also rent it on uh, Redbox as well. Um, but that is going to do it for another episode here on the Hill Valley AV Club. Guys, thank you again for uh, for joining me we had some good talks oh thank you thank so you for happy to be man. here so happy awesome i haven't gotten to talk i honestly haven't gotten to talk to enough people about black panther Same. This was all kind <laughs> <of> here. <laughs> well awesome guys i'm sure we will definitely have you guys on again very 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 soon so until next very time cool. guys we're gonna play uh, some rainbow six siege here in a little bit we're just gonna take some time to transition over make sure you guys go follow these wonderful gentlemen they are really really good dudes and really entertaining guys to watch on twitch we'll make sure to include all their information in the description boxes and all that good stuff but until next time guys we'll see you later see you later, later.